Mud Stories, Episode 64. Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place again. What I now know about grace is grace does not minimize sin. It doesn't excuse sin. It doesn't cover it up in the fact that it makes all the consequences go away. It actually allows us to take our sin more serious. Because when I didn't really understand grace, and it was all about me and my good choices. Uh, grace was not amazing. But one of the things that I, that I heard my pastor say in those first few weeks, he said, the purpose of the law is for us to see our need for grace. I finally understood what sheer grace was all about. And the thought was, God, you mean when I was 11 years old and you saved me? You saved me knowing full well that I was going to look at all that pornography, waste thousands and thousands of hours looking at things that I shouldn't have been looking at that I was gonna waste all that time in these chat rooms, that I was gonna ultimately have seven one night stands, gonna lose my family. You knew all of that when you saved me. You know, it took Trey's and my first divorce for him to really come to the end of himself. And it really took my second divorce for me to come to the end of myself. That's when sheer grace began to make sense. Mm -hmm. Hi, my name is Jackie Watkins, your host, and you're listening to Mud Stories, a podcast dedicated to bringing you inspiration in your muddiest moments, hope to make it through your mud, and encouragement for you to know that you are not alone. Hey there, welcome to the Mud Stories podcast, and I am so glad you're here today. If you are joining us for part two of my conversation with Trey and Melody Lovern, welcome. And if you missed part one of my episode with them, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. It's going to set the stage for what we're going to continue talking about today. And so today we are going to pick up with Trey and Melody's story. It was in the midst of crisis and struggle, and they pick up right where we left off, and then we go back backwards a little bit and talk about some of the days, you know, leading up to that first reconciliation. And then after that second failure, what ended up happening and including uh, Melody's remarriage and then subsequent divorce. Trey and Melody live in Birmingham, Alabama with their four young adult children. And uh, they run a ministry called the Undone Redone Ministry. And they have so many resources, which we're going to talk about at the end of the podcast. And they share a little bit more about what's on their heart and what they're doing. Uh, but I, I'm so glad they're back and I want to get right to it. Thank you so much for being here. I've so appreciated all the notes and emails and you know ways you've reached out to encourage me this month and keep it coming. I love hearing from you. I'm trying to reply to each and every one of you and I am praying for us all as we journey through this topic and we're getting towards the end of the month, but I am so, so thankful that we have dared to talk about these topics because they are things Things that are heavy on many of our hearts, and uh, I'm just thankful to be a space where we can come and gather and, uh, you know, wrestle through these topics. So I hope this episode encourages you greatly in the awesomeness of God's ability to leave nothing unredeemed. And so without further delay, here is part two of my conversation with Trey and Melody Levern. Enjoy. So Melody... 
tragedy happened. Your life is mm. falling apart. You are, you know, surprised, stunned, in denial. You're just getting from moment to moment. Uh, all of this has come out. What does life look like for you? And how do you move forward after this, you know, second relapse of Trey having a one night mm. stand after you guys had already gotten back together after the original, original news? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, for me, I think one of the hardest things and really walking with women, the hardest thing is really just accepting what is, you know, um, we can't do anything more about it. We can't fix it. We can't change it. This is our reality. And that is just a hard thing to really accept. And so, and it's a process. It really is. Um, I entered into counseling probably for a year and a half, really just to work through that. But really, it wasn't just working through that. It was really God beginning to show me my identity mm. and my brokenness. And, um, you know, I'd have these moments where I was like, okay, I didn't have anything to do with the reason why we we're divorced. But then I'd have, you know, I'd be in counseling and I was like, okay, yes, I definitely <laughs> had a part to play, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, no, but also my own pride of not ever really wanting Trey to know that, you know, mm. and if I'm being completely honest mm -hmm. and, um, and so you didn't want to give him any material to justify what he'd done. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, um, so really, and you know, what God you know, God lovingly takes us to places where, where we really become undone. And I think for that, for me, it was a second marriage. And, um, now before you, t before you go there, um, yeah. there was a, a story, you know, when all the news broke in the beginning, you know, when, mm -hmm. when it all came out at that, that Christmas, what year was that? Uh, 2000, December 2000. Okay, mm -hmm. December 2000. All of this yeah. comes out. And you separated for a little bit, but then you got back together before the relapse that would eventually lead to divorce. Can you just share with people what God did to help you see the the this fleece that you talked about yes. and how you knew? Because I think there are people listening who maybe have been betrayed or maybe they've been the one to commit adultery or fail mm -hmm. and they don't have a lot of hope that maybe reconciliation is possible. And yet your story screams of this at, on so many different occasions. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I just found that so moving how faithful God is, even in little moments. Yes, yes. To help us see that. So I guess we're kind of rewinding a little bit, but yeah. I just would love for people to hear that because I think it would encourage some people. Yeah, I think um, after after everything came out with Trey and and both of us had, had gone to an intensive to really begin to learn and to grow and, and begin the process of starting our own personal recovery, because really a coupleship is only going to be as healthy as two individuals. And so, although my mentality was just fix him and then our lives will be back perfect again. Um, my counselor that I was yes. working with was like, Oh, let's look under the hood here, you know? And so as well as that, there was so much trust that you just don't have because the person that's supposed to be safest to, you know, safest for me, my husband was no longer safe. So he wasn't somebody that I really trusted right out of the gate. But then my trust had taken such a hit mm. that it was like, how do I even trust myself? Yeah. So when Trey and I were really doing this work and we were separated for about six months, I really, I, I put something out there to the Lord because I said, I need you to validate and verify if we need to get back together. Um, and I don't want to just say, you know, I'd always said, you know, if this ever happens, you know, 
it'll end in divorce. Well, you know, you, you don't really know that you know that until you enter into that. And so I just needed to ask the Lord, like, you know, here's the fleece. I'm not telling anybody about that. Nobody. Um, I didn't even write it down just in case somebody could see that. (laughs) And I just, I just said, you know, Lord, he has never really served me well. He's, you know, he's, he was such a pleaser that he, you know, kind of put everybody before I always felt like before me and the children. And so I really just asked the Lord, I said, you know, I, I need to see a, you know, verification that he really does want to come back and he wants to serve us and he's a changed man and all that. And that what that would look like was that he would wash my feet. And at the time she told me we were getting into counseling and Mm -hmm. we were learning to be more authentic and not to have secrets and secrets are coming out. And so I remember when she shared that with me, at first I was a little frustrated because wait a minute, you're telling me you're keeping a secret in a time we're trying to not keep secrets. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I quickly just said, you know what, guy, instead of me trying, getting back into my manipulative self and trying to figure this out, I just released that and said, God, if it's, if it's up to you or if it's up to me finding out what this is and you're going to make that happen and, and really kind of, um, I don't know if I forgot about it. I didn't think a lot about it mm-hmm. after then, but um, Melody went to, she went to an intensive herself, which was really a miracle in and of itself. Because, yeah. like I said, I went kicking his cream. Yeah, a lot of her thoughts were, you <laughs> know, I'm a this, stubborn. Yeah, this is this is his problem. Why in the world do I need to go spend four days? I just know, need him like to get back to uh, getting his yes. act together, and then life would be fine. That's yeah. right. right. <laughs> but she went, and God really began to do some things over that four day period. And I, I can't even remember I, why I picked you up at the airport. I guess we were getting along fairly well at that time. But I picked her up and. Uh, she had um, moved to an apartment and I took her by the apartment. We put the kids to bed mm-hmm. and she began to tell me a little bit about what happened that, that particular um, four days. And uh, Melody has this thing that uh, well, back then, to, not, not yeah, more. not so much now, but if you, <laughs> you don't touch your feet unless you just had a shower. Yeah. And that was uh, back in the, Oh, my feet are stinky. Don't touch my feet. Yeah. <laughs> now he can rob, now he can rob them. I don't care. Uh, You're all so, too bad if they smell. Get over That's it. Right. <laughs> so we're, we have a prayer we put the kids down and we prayed and she tells me a little bit about what's going on mm-hmm. or what went on at this four days. And she mentioned her, um, her feet being tired. Uh, we said, I'm tired and my feet are tired. And, and I said, well, would you like me to rub your feet? And she had jeans and like these clogged cup shoes on with no socks. You know, I haven't had a shower. <laughs> and so then I said, well, <laughs> would you want me to maybe wash your feet. And uh, no, I think you prayed. You prayed well, or something. We, yeah, we prayed you? before that. Oh, um, and actually maybe, yeah, some, there was something about the prayer. Let me think. Um, but it was, it was pretty powerful. Something I prayed uh, yeah. was immediately answered uh, right after that because, I, you know, she didn't really answer me if I wanted her to wash feet, but she did join me in the in our bathroom there at the apartment. She jumped up on the, the vanity, put her feet in the sink, and I started washing her feet and I looked up and tears are streaming down her face. Mm. And I was like, what's wrong? And I was like, am I doing this wrong? <laughs> am I, is this hurting? Is, <laughs> is my foot technique off? <laughs> yeah. It was, can't even do this right. <laughs> so, but she said um, through tears, she said, this is what I asked God to show you to do. Mm. You've never served me uh, this way. And so by this point, both of us are bawling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was, I guess not long after that, mm-hmm. there was just a tenderness 
you know, that's coming back together. It's just pretty obvious that, that God was, was doing that. And again, we'd love for that to be the end of the story. And, mm-hmm. you know, this great reconciliation moment where God brought us back together mm-hmm. with uh, me washing her feet. But as I've already shared, unfortunately, the paradigm had still not shifted. Yeah. And, and if anything, probably that helped feed the other paradigm of see, now we've got it all cleaned up, neat mm-hmm. and, you know, put it in a nice it. little, yeah, We're recovering. Yeah. yeah. Put it in a nice little pretty box and here's the bow that we put on the end of it. And, um, it probably even strengthened some of that. In a sense. I mean, yeah, I think it probably, maybe it did in a little, you know, in some sense, but I remember, you know, I remember like I had family members that came to me because that second, um, one night stand ended up, you know, we did inevitably divorce, but I had people saying, you know, well, you just wasted a whole year and, you know, do you wish that you had divorced them before? And I said, no, because the growth that was able to take place and for me to get to a place really where I believe that a lot of me was growing up through my counseling and, and through a lot of the things that I was learning that it wasn't this hopeless place when Trey and I were divorcing. I was so sad and it's not like I quit loving him. I didn't. I remember saying I could be married to a sex addict, but I don't know that I could could be married to somebody who lies all the time because I I have to have trust, you mm. know, to, to be in married married with you. So it wasn't like I quit loving him. Yeah. You know, and that's the hardest thing is really loving, you know, was loving him enough to let him go. And yeah. that was excruciating. So. Well, and although you'd had counseling and intensives in this, mm-hmm. you know, moment where God met you and he washed your feet and you knew you were supposed to reconcile and be together and that year of still this not fully shifted idea that we have to have it all together, we have to perform, right. you know, there's still still some level, probably some of the masks had come down, but, oh, yeah. but not all of them. And right. um, I, I bet you can see now looking back that it was necessary breaking for you to get to the beauty of the place where mm-hmm. you are now. But wow, so painful to have spent a year reconciled and mm-hmm. then for Trey to make another one night stand decision. Mm-hmm. Um, divorce, of course, was the result, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. did that look like to be, to get divorced? Because I will say I have been through a divorce and it is not a pretty experience. At least it wasn't for me. Yeah, ours was not... Again, I think we we loved each other enough to try to make it the best that it could. And really interesting, and I I definitely use um, what the Lord gave me to share with other women because um, I didn't really have family that had been divorced. And so it was almost like God brought these people, you know, in the process of tracing my divorce who— Literally, I felt like it was like the Holy Spirit coming to say, you know, don't bash Trey in front of the kids. Keep Trey alive in the house, you know. I mean, just like all these things. And I still was in enough of a performance paradigm where, and I'm stubborn enough to, I'm I'm not going to not listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling yeah. me through this person. Because they were all people that had been through divorce. You know, I remember one girl coming to me and saying that her mom went, you know, spying with her with her as a little girl to try to spy on the, you know, on her ex-husband and stuff. And so it was like, I, you know, all the things not to do. And so, um, so I really paid attention to those and I, and I'm, I'm grateful. I I mean, it was such a God thing because believe me, you know, what, what is that? But for the grace of God, you know, I would have, I would have done some of those things. I would have. Um, and so, and don't hear me say that I was godly because there was, you know, (laughs) that, oh, I was just so righteous. No, because I would, 
I would be in the bedroom praying with, you know, the four children, you know, praying for Trey and praying for them or whatever. And then I'd go back to my bedroom after they were asleep and close my door. And I was like, God, take him out, take him out. I cannot take it this anymore. You know, like, I Just don't deserve this. Let Trey get hit by a truck. I mean, what, you know, <laughs> don't, again, don't hear me say I was just yeah. this awesome, godly woman because, you know, um, death would have been a lot easier than having to continue to co-parent and all that. So, yeah, I'm very glad that God did not answer some of those prayers. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> but so painful. I mean, we act in anger and frustration out of our pain, really, and it's too risky to tell the pain, so we displace it with anger. Yeah. And yeah. and anger is always a superficial emotion. There's always something under that. So, That's yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. So Trey, you you guys. I mean, understandably, I can I can speak from another person who has failed you know we we play different tapes we deserve this mm-hmm. um what can i do sometimes in an overcompensatory way um yeah. tell me what that looked like for you yeah well it was it felt like a self-fulfilling prophecy you know mm-hmm. initially you know this is what if the truth ever came out i knew this was where i was going to end up you know the the shame and the pain of having lost my wife and four children because of my you know, selfish, sinful behavior. And, you know, it, but it was there that uh, I landed at a church, probably one of the only churches in Birmingham that practiced church discipline at the time. And that's where, that's where I joined under discipline. And that was uh, a very difficult time, but also a time where the paradigm began to shift and and really uh, grace began to become amazing. And it wasn't, you know, a lot of times we hear about grace and people, and I think I used to even think this, you know, folks who are like grace, 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 that, you know, that that was for people, you know, just the ones that were really radical about grace were people who just couldn't get their willpower and discipline where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And they just needed right. to, to buck up a little bit more. What I now know about grace is grace does not minimize sin. It doesn't excuse sin, doesn't cover it up in the fact that it makes all the consequences go away. Right it actually allows us to take our sin more serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, help us helps us to see how grievous our sin really is. Because mm-hmm. um, when I didn't really understand grace, and it was all about me and my good choices. Uh, grace was not amazing mm-hmm. um, because it was all about grace was kind of like that little extra, you know, you, it's like God's standard is perfection. You work as hard as you can through self-effort and willpower to get there. And grace is that little extra he puts in, you know, to get you. To <laughs> little bridge is going to get you the final yeah. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? That's why I saw grace. And now to have this, this undoing in my life. And this is where it started back when I landed this church after divorce and the shame, I mean, was just, mm-hmm. you know, palatable. I could, I could just, it was this ache that was, it would never go away. It's mm-hmm. like you would wake up and it's like, is this a dream that I can just wake up from this nightmare? But one of the things that I, that I heard my pastor say in those first few weeks, he said, the purpose of the law is for us to see our need for grace. Mm-hmm. And so good. That is yeah, so good. I had, yeah, the law for me had always been there's the there's the standard, get busy, start checking mm-hmm. boxes, start right. outperforming everybody. Mm-hmm. And to see the purpose of the law is to see our need for grace. That was it began to crack the door open. And then it was actually the the final thing that broke the logjam was two years after the divorce. I'm reading Abba's Child. It's a Saturday morning. Melody had the children uh, that particular Saturday morning. I'm in my apartment. Somebody had loaned me Abba's Child by Brennan Manning. 
and I started reading it and about two hours in with tears streaming down my face, I finally understood what sheer grace was all about. Mm -hmm. And the thought was, God, you mean when I was 11 years old and you saved me, you saved me knowing full well that I was going to look at all that pornography, waste thousands and thousands of hours looking at things that I shouldn't have been looking at, that I was going to waste all that time in these chat rooms, that I was going to ultimately have seven one night stands going to lose my family. You knew all of that mm -hmm. when you saved me, yeah. but you didn't save me because I was a first round draft choice for the kingdom. You didn't save me because of all the great, wonderful things that I brought to the table. That's when sheer grace began to make sense mm -hmm. that he saved me because he saved me. And it was nothing that I could add. Mm -hmm. And that, that began just after that two years of just hearing that message, it was that morning it's like the logjam finally cleared and I, and I began to understand. And, and probably at that moment, beginning to truly give myself grace, because that was the hardest place. Um, you know, Romans 8, 1 says, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That includes us condemning us. And I was very, very good. I had a very healthy inner critic. Everybody I've met in recovery, there's a very healthy inner critic mm -hmm. That it, it actually, I think, is a part of our unbelief. We've it's all kind of our Protestant penance that mm -hmm. in our beating ourselves up, we're actually trying to say to God, "See how much I hate this sin. Say I told you I didn't like this. Look at how rough I'm being on myself." Mm -hmm. Doesn't that please you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's part of our unbelief because what we don't believe at that level is He has already forgiven. It's just we hard to fathom it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that we. But that was me trying to do something. And sometimes part of my something I was doing was beating myself up about the bad behavior. What I now realize, all I was doing is adding more fuel into the shame, which is only adding to more bad behavior. Right, right. So during this time, were you dating anybody? What what did that what did that look like? You no, know, I am because of the the church where I attended and because of the discipline, their mandate was that I was not free to date until Melody was no longer available for reconciliation. Mm. And at first I was very angry because in my mind, I mean, she's a very angry woman, legitimately so. She's got four children. I mean, who's going to want to step into that anytime <laughs> soon? You know, it's what I'm thinking. Well, I was really only angry to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and You're like, I was me. lovely to everyone else. That's right. Yes. But it wound up being two years. But during that time, it was hard because because mm -hmm. for all I knew, I mean, she never, never, may never get remarried. So I'm kind of putting my life on hold forever. It wound up being two years and small little side story in that this related. Um, after two years of fighting that reconciliation, because Melody didn't even like me. I mean, there was three times I was at the courthouse thinking I was going to be in an orange jumpsuit by the end of the day. <laughs> and, you know, here I am supposed to be waiting around to possibly reconcile with this person oh. you know, that we didn't even like at that point. So mm -hmm. I couldn't see it. So finally, through some of the things I was reading in 2004, one night I finally yielded to the possibility of reconciliation. And it had nothing to do with us getting along better. Yeah. It was totally just me um, and the father. Well, two weeks after that night I surrendered to reconciliation, Melody came by the office where I was working and she told me she was engaged to be married. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
if it had not been for the time of surrender, that'd been the best news ever because all I would have heard is thank right. goodness I get to move on with my life. Right. Mm-hmm. About time that you're getting remarried. <laughs> right. But as it was, I was confused. And, and frankly, Jackie, it, it kind of felt like God was rubbing my nose in it. Mm, uh, like a bait and switch. Kind yeah. Of, it's yeah. kind of like, why in the world did you warm my heart to the possibility of reconciliation only to have the door slam in my face? Mm. And, um, so that I had to work through that. And, um, you know, she did remarry in December of 2004. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was then released to, to date. Uh, I wound up uh, really two long relationships, well, long, uh, I guess is relative, uh, one that lasted about seven months mm-hmm. and one that lasted um, about a year. And when I ended the, the, the final relationship, uh, I was getting healthier. I was doing a lot of my own recovery and, and, and um, counseling and really getting healthy myself. And the more healthy I got, the more unhealthiness I saw in the girl that I was dating mm-hmm. and found myself in this almost, I was becoming her counselor almost because I was clearly seeing some of the things and that's not a very healthy place, no. you know, to be. So I finally ended that and I began to, and one of, I had a female friend at the time said, you're just waiting around for Miss Perfect. And I said, no, it's really just the opposite. I not only am not looking for Miss Perfect, I'm looking for a woman who knows where her imperfections lie. Yeah. I wanted someone who had been through her own stuff, her own therapy, her own, and knew where her brokenness was and had owned it and was now beginning her own healing process. And yeah. so that Melody mentioned beach volleyball. I started playing on a four man beach volleyball team and getting really active in that. And it wound up being, I just quit dating. Didn't really set a time limit on it. It wound up being, um, I guess it was about 10 months. And, um, during that time I am just, trusting God for Mrs. Wright. Cause I realized, you know what, Mrs. Wright, she comes along and the woman, the godly woman, you know, the kind of person that I'm looking for, I need to make sure I'm Mr. Wright when she gets here. <laughs> the woman, the woman that I'm waiting on God for, she's not going to recognize me as Mr. Wright if I'm right. not you know, doing certain, certain things. So I just put my energy into being the man that I knew that mm-hmm. the woman that I was waiting on God for would be interested in mm-hmm. and just really learning to love life and, and pursue the big story that God had for me. Cause I wanted a woman who would, you know, I wanted our, our big stories to come together and in, into an even bigger story rather than her join my story or me join hers or right. you know whatever. So I, I mean, I had some very specifics on, I mean, playing beach volleyball, I wanted someone who's athletic, someone, you know, even specific as I wanted her to be blind. I mean, it was, it was, probably ridiculous some of the specifics on there but god's like really trey that's right but it's what i never in a million years thought even after melody got divorced that that mrs right that i'd been trusting god for was my ex-wife wow so melody you were remarried you you started off on into another life how did that happen yes um you know really i think it was definitely not something that I had expected. It was somebody, um, I was at church still singing in a good bed and, um, helping lead worship at a large church that we were at. And, and I did have some kind of non-negotiables. I said, you know, I don't want to date anybody from this church because everybody, you know, sometimes when you're in leadership, everybody thinks you're, you know, you know, every, you, you look good, smell good, all right. that. Yeah. And I, and so I was kind of like, well, I don't want to date anybody from here. Cause I, w- I want somebody who just knows me for me, mm-hmm. you know, and I was starting to really get some things, but anyway, long story short, I ended up, I did start dating somebody, um, that was at the church that I was at. And I really, it's funny cause Trey's, Trey's, um, list ramped up and mine really ramped down. It was almost <laughs> like, 
as long as somebody loves the Lord, I don't care about anything else. Well, let me just tell you, that doesn't work so well either. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, how did that work out for you? That didn't work out so well. <laughs> but, you know, and it, it's interesting because I believe it's what God used to bring me to the to mm-hmm. my bottom. And mm-hmm. um he had four kids. I had four kids. You know, he struggled. He was he struggled with clinical depression. And I think I was his happy, happy, joy, joy pill. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was pretty much a train wreck from the get go. And, um, you know, when, when we didn't have kids for a weekend, you know, he could kind of swoop me away and, you know, but it just was not a it was not the real world. And so, um, you know, it just it lasted about a year and a half. And it was devastating for me because it was like, okay, marriage number one didn't work. You know, marriage number two, I've, I've really got to, to, to inventory what's going on here. And again, it was was, like, I'm the common denominator. Yeah. I'm the common denominator, but not only that, I mean, as a, as a mom who longed to, I mean, like, my life was not my children, but I love being a mom. I love being engaged in, in the life of my children. I love being a part of it. I love to mentor them and just shepherd their hearts and all that. So what God did is is took something that was so precious to me, my children, and for me to have to sit down with my children and to, you know, beg for forgiveness for them, taking them through a second divorce. I mean, you wouldn't want that on anybody. Mm. And so to have to sit in that, I mean, even to this day, I mean, and, and I talk to my children about it. And we, you know, sometimes we still cry about it, but I usually can't ever talk about just that undoing of what God did with me, you know, and having to sit down with them and tell them that, you know, it was really what God did to bring me to the end of myself. So and. And, and I'm so glad. I mean, you know, obviously sometimes we say, couldn't you do it a different way? But, you know, he lovingly allows us to get to the to the end of ourselves. And had that not happened to me, there never would have been um, a reconciliation for Trina because I still would have kind of seen myself up on this holy mountain, you know, mm-hmm. instead of getting to a place where I realize I'm just like everybody else and there's nothing you know, my stuff stinks just like everybody else. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that, you know, hard still to go, wow, this is how he undid me. Um, but the, it's, it's a beautiful process too, because he allows us to see, he allows us to see us for who we are, but then he redoes us for really who he's created us to be. And when we walk from that place of identity, it, it's it's beautiful. I mean, it really is a beautiful thing. And so, again, never did I think that Trey and I would reconcile. But, you know, it took Trey's and my first divorce for him to really come to the end of himself. And it really took my second divorce for me to come to the end of myself. And yet God is so faithful to do the work in you that he yes. knows can be possible. You know, I talk to a lot of people with muddy stories, and Mm -hmm. I think most all of them will say, you know, I wouldn't want to go through what I've been through again, Mm. but I wouldn't change it either. That's right. That's right. That's right. um, And I think God in his sovereignty sends, he knows, like you said, ahead of time, before the beginning of the world, what we would choose. It's not like he's mm-hmm. got, he's up there trying to shuffle things and get a plan B going, you know. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's the plan that has been the plan. And and um, it's our job to be in that place of undoing yes. so that he can redo. 
yeah. what what yeah. is beautifully glorifying to him and how we can be offering our own experiences and our stories to mm. the world so that others who are broken and hurting can mm. meet meet the same grace and the same redemption that that we've walked in and um, absolutely so this isn't the end. You you got a divorce, Melody. <laughs> Trey, you were like, what? What was your reaction when when that marriage, that remarriage that Melody had didn't work out? Yeah, well, I didn't. I mean, it wasn't, again, reconciliation wasn't even on my radar with Melody because it was such a dramatic thing before she got remarried. Mm-hmm. And so when that door closed, in my mind, I thought the door was forever closed. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't. I mean, initially, now it changed over time, obviously, but initially it didn't even uh, dawn on me. Um, you know, we were co-parenting well. And I think that was probably what I was thinking. Well, maybe, you know, with her being you know single again, we'll parent better um, mm-hmm. because it just kind of takes some of that away. But um, but I did begin, you know, after that to notice kind of this grace awakening in her. There was a, a softening. There was a humility, uh, a, more humility <laughs> than she had had, because up until that point, she was up on God's holy mountain looking down you know, on me and everybody else. Um, probably yeah. wagging a finger, too. Yeah. 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 So that, With the hand on the hip. I could just see it. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you see that picture? Yeah. Because yeah. that was. But it did. It leveled the playing field. So we did out of that start parenting a lot, uh, a lot more uh, easily, I guess, more. um, Quit worrying about what everybody thought. Yeah, there was just we both were just rest and learning. Did the kids notice a difference when you started co-parenting when you were both single again? You know, like, was there a marked shift with them or they were still young? Yeah, it's not probably not something we've talked a lot about, but I, I know they did because I mean, it was just, I think everybody was more relaxed and mm-hmm. there was just mm-hmm. kind of the, yeah. um, just being who, who we were. But I, um, I remember I had, you know, I said I'd quit dating and I had met someone that I was thinking about asking out mm-hmm. and, and I'd hinted a time or two just about melody of reconciliation. She was adamantly no, you know, maybe two years of sobriety and, you know, maybe considered or whatever, but it was just pretty much a no, no, no. Well, I had, um, I met this girl uh, who worked at my insurance agent. I had a claim and, you know, went into the office and the guy that uh, was my agent, he played football at Sanford, was a friend of mine there. And I was asking him about her and she was single. So I was inquiring, well, I'd taken the kids to the beach and um, uh, Mel and I were getting along to the point just as really as friends. And I remember in a text message, I just casually mentioned to Melody that I had, um, I'd met this girl and I was thinking about asking her out. Well, Melody does not have a good poker face. <laughs> oh, no. So her, her response <laughs> kind of gave away what she was really thinking and feeling. And she was like, what do you mean uh, dating somebody? I thought you had mentioned reconciliation and blah, blah, blah. blah and blah, so blah, blah. I never I never asked the other girl out um, because of her response. I basically, I remember I brought the kids back. And once we put the kids down, I said, you know, I know this will be scary for both of us, but if you gave me permission, I would love the opportunity to to pursue your heart again. And um, and so we did. And I guess it was what ten months later, roughly, mm-hmm. we were married. So yeah. and that was we just celebrated our seventh anniversary. And just so you know, like we want to we want to debunk the myth that said this was the easiest route just to get back together. <laughs> yeah. Heck no. Yeah, Heck we both no. Our guts out. Well, we were both moving toward our biggest fear. Melody's biggest fear was being hurt again. My <laughs> mm-hmm. biggest fear was hurting her again. 
with us not being in relationship, pretty much that those fears were not even possible mm-hmm. yeah. to be realized. Yeah. But when we started dating, those did become a possibility. Mm-hmm. And, and we, and had we to were two new it. people, really. Yeah. So, you know, there was also this part of like, is he even going to like who this person is? And am I going to like, you know, so it was really us getting comfortable in the new people that we were, but mm-hmm. also having this history. So it was sometimes it was two steps forward and five back. Yeah. You yeah. Know, during but, our dating, we would, yeah, very intentional. We would connect and maybe have, I, we put the kids down again. You hear a thing with that, put the kids down. That's when we, because we, we had, had to, to do it secretly. Yeah. We kind of had to be covert in our dating because. Uh. You know, we didn't want the kids to get their hopes up yeah. mm-hmm. and then it not work out. I mean, it'd yeah. be like another divorce for them. And so we had to kind of be uh, a little um, sensitive to that or a lot sensitive to that. But mm-hmm. I remember there'd be a night that I'd leave her house and maybe we'd really connected, really had a good conversation. And I remember I got to the point where I was thinking, <laughs> okay, I probably won't hear from her for a few days. <laughs> because, Scared her away a little bit. Yes. That's right. Because yeah, it, it and it would, it, but I, I began to see this pattern because it was like, she was terrified and rightly so because of, of everything that I had done and how I had hurt her, not just once, but over and over and over again. And, um, so she wanted to believe it was true, but certainly there was a lot of, a lot of fear there and a lot mm-hmm. of fear for me because, you know, it was, you know, it was like, okay, what if, what if I do, you know, ever, you know, hurt her to that level again, you yeah. know, wouldn't it be easier just to maybe not be in a relationship with her? So, but God was faithful and, you know, we remarried. It was, um, this past, um, week, uh, we just celebrated our seventh anniversary, which, Saturday. Is, yeah, which mm. is neat for us because we're now remarried longer than we were divorced. Yeah. And, um, so we've been remarried now for seven years and, mm-hmm. um, and out repentance is a lot better than out performance. That's right. Out yeah. performing each other. That's right. For sure. Beautiful. Well, get, and getting back together and growing through these years, you know, there's probably some pain that you had covered up that you, you know, sometimes when when you're mm. when you're separated or divorced, there's not an occasion to sort through some stuff. That's right. And right. so reconnecting and deciding to marry again, I'm sure there's some things that had to be dealt with that otherwise probably would never have been never. dealt with. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and at first, yeah, it's a great point, Jackie. At first, we were kind of frustrated with that because we got now out of left field, this new stuff would come bubbling up. But we, we just can be, you know, that's the way it is because you know, it's not like we could take a long weekend and say, you know what, let's take a whole week. Let's just go and put everything out on the table. Let's work through everything and just get it all done. So we won't have anything kind of surprising us out of left Mm -hmm. field. Well, what that assumes is that we know exactly where we've stored all the pain and we can go call it forth at will and then bring it out. Our experience, it doesn't work that way. It's, it's usually a cocked eyebrow or a tone or a, maybe even sometimes a smell It's sometimes, mm-hmm, you know, God, mm-hmm. it's all of a sudden we're right back. The at smallest the same, things. Yeah. 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 Crossroads that we were before. But part of the way we know, and we've seen over and over again is God has a way of bringing us back to the same cross yes. crossroads for different results. Yep. And when we get to that crossroad, it feels like the old stuff, mm-hmm. you know, for Melody it may feel like here we go again, he's going to be acting out, but, but that's, Bench been benchmarks for us along the way that no, these are growth moments because mm-hmm. we're seeing that we're responding so differently yeah. to very, very similar situations. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and you start to serve one another in ways that maybe hadn't been part of your previous years of interacting. That's Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, and um, you sh- demonstrate humility and grace that you give. I think when we understand grace for our own hearts, it makes us less judgmental and more able, capable yes. of offering it to one another and really coming from a place of believing we're for one another yes. instead of, um, you know, dealing with an adversary in a sense. Absolutely. Um, Trey, tell us a little bit about, um, as we close this beautiful story, tell us a little bit about how you um, handled acknowledging things to the kids. Because I know, Melody, those those. Uh, People that gave you such gracious advice way yeah. back when you first became divorced from one another, it was just like you had said, there but grace go I, you know, to oh. not have said negative things. And so there was some ambiguity in the um, origin of what had caused all of the separation and, and brokenness. And so um, I, I just would love it if you would share what, what that was and how you brought that full circle and what that meant to you both. Yeah. Well, we had an opportunity um, by this point. Um, we we knew that um, we were going to be giving marriage another another shot, and so we we brought the kids into that. And I just um, uh, was able to one be honest about um, everything that had happened because when we divorced, they were so young. We didn't go into the details. Um, yeah. We wanted to be age appropriate with that. We did say that because of some choices that daddy had make and breaking a covenant and breaking promises that, um, we weren't going to be together, but I really was able to go, uh, more into detail with the nature of, of what I had done and mm-hmm. ask for their forgiveness and, you know, to be able to, to have them crawl into my lap and extend that forgiveness. Um, it was really a, a beautiful, a beautiful moment. Uh, I think a healing, certainly a healing so moment healing. for me. Yeah. Um, but well, and so healing for me, I mean, because I literally thought Trey's going to be on his deathbed one day before he ever tells the kids. And I've got this weight to wear forever because mm-hmm. I knew that I knew that I knew it was not my story to share. And, and clearly I felt like I had heard that so from God. Like, hard. Oh, oh my gosh. When my elder brother would come up, I mean, holy cow. I was like, and I even had people tell me, you've got to tell me. Make sure that not your older brother, the elder brother from Luke 15. Yeah, the yeah. elder brother, yes. Within, <laughs> yes. My, my elder brother. That, not that your actual there. physical brother. Yeah, because right. I don't have one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I literally thought he'll uh, he'll never know. And, you know, when the kids come back and, you know, Disney World takes them away for a weekend, Disney World dad takes them away for a weekend and they come back and I have to say, clean your rooms and do your homework. And I'll, I mean, you know, it's those times when you just feel so weak and so tired and so beat down sometimes just because of life mm-hmm. that, I mean, I, I remember specific family members saying, you've got to tell them, you've got to tell them. And I mean, literally, I mean, it was like on the tip of my tongue and it was like, don't you dare open your mouth because I had heard again, stories where, um, you know, that was just not, not, um, there was no good thing going to come from that. There was no good thing. And really a lot of times it, it comes back to turn on the, you know, the spouse that says it, you know, mm-hmm. but anyway, so yeah. So when he, when the, when he shared that, this was actually a few weeks before we got engaged, mm-hmm. um, he came over and, and was just, he sat down and just started asking the kids, you know, 
and they were what, maybe 11, 10, 8, and 6. So it's not like they were super old and just said, you know, y'all know what the commandments are. And, you know, do you know specifically what committing adultery is? And, you know, of course, they answered it the best they could. And he said, you know, that's when daddy, you know, walks away from 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 mommy and he's with another you know he's with another woman and um and, and daddy did this seven times and so <laughs> hmm. what humility yeah the weight mm-hmm. you know that came off of me that day but the beauty mm-hmm. and the redemption of watching our four children pop in his lap and say yeah. daddy I forgive you and you know we go back to that because as we as we you know, enter in with each other or as our, as our kids have, you know, relationship conflicts and stuff like that, we go back and say, you know, it's been lived in this house. You know, you know what reconciliation is and who we, we serve are. a God. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we serve a God of reconciliation. So just that, that foundation that, that they, you know, have got to, to grow up in mm-hmm. and that it is, it is messy and it's muddy and, and all that. But boy, I'm telling you that that day was just, it was such a God, it was such a God moment for me, but just a beautiful, beautiful um, reconciliation um, story for our kids and for me and everybody. And what a beautiful example that you are living out in your daily lives the last seven years. You know, they <laughs> have observed you. They've watched yeah. They've watched days that are hard and, and yes. you know, taking off masks is painful and scary yep. and risky. And yet what a gift we can give as we as broken people do the hard work of recovery and accepting the grace of God and trying to model giving grace to others. Um, I think our kids will become who we are. Mm -hmm. And um, and I see that playing out in your family. And what a I don't know that there's a better gift you can give. Your kids, that that we can give our kids, you know, because there's just so much less of a struggle. I mean, they're going to have their own struggles, but to set them up to really absorb a grace-based living Mm -hmm. is is one of the greatest gifts, I think. And they do that by watching you, you know. That's right. I agree. Absolutely. And we get to watch them sometimes, too, which is Mm -hmm. amazing, just to watch them, you know, instead of you know, our kids running home and saying, so-and-so did this this weekend and blah, blah, blah. It's like, how can we enter in Mm -hmm. with this? And how can we enter in with this person? And how can we love this person well? You know, and I mean, that's not the, that's not how we grew up. So it's just amazing to be able to be a part of that. Um, And to watch our kids, we just learned so much from, from their love and their grace and um, how they enter in with their friends. So that's been awesome. Well, out of our stories often comes our greatest passionate work in the world. Mm -hmm. And what I love about you guys is that you've chosen to take your brokenness and your mess and to get your boots on and (laughs) trudge through it, even though it's, you know, embarrassing and scary. And, and yeah, some people could say, oh, well, you got to have the big bow at the end, you know, and yet you would be the first to say there no. isn't a big bow. There's not <laughs> there a bow. No. It is right. you fight for every single moment of intimacy, mm-hmm. every single time of connection. In fact, you guys just recently went on an intensive again, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. tuning yeah. up and being mindful and taking a risk each and every single day. And so 
for everyone who has heard this just God story, um, can you please share with us what it is that, that has come out of all of this brokenness, um, how you've chosen to say yes to some passions and dreams and ways of using your lives to serve others and to help others who are broken, who've been where you are, have hope. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. First of all, yeah. Jackie, um, Jackie. You, you, coming from one who I know gets it, that does mean a lot. So, mm-hmm. so thank you for that. Um, yes, we, um, we are now not ministering from a place of strength as we did for so long and mm-hmm. performance, but just ministering out of our brokenness. And um, basically what that looks like, we have a recovery ministry that's called Route 1520, R-O-U-T-E-1520, which the 1520 comes from Luke 15, uh, the parable of the two sons. And the reconciliation story that we just told you, to sum it up, it's really a prodigal and an elder brother mm-hmm. finding the true heart of the father. Mm-hmm. And and so that's really our story of coming back together. And so through our recovery ministry, we, we help elder brothers and prodigals um, do the same thing uh, to really challenge beliefs. Everything really we've been talking about to reorient them to the real gospel, not what they uh, and really look at what they really believe, not what they say they believe. Mm-hmm. And and so we're seeing just such fruitfulness from that. We work with churches to help them start Christ-centered recovery communities. So if anybody's involved in a church or you're liking what you're hearing, maybe want to start um, a Christ-centered recovery community specifically around some type of sexual brokenness, we'd love to talk uh, about that. Um, we also have a podcast, and we're looking forward to having you on our show as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah. it's so crazy to be the one interviewed. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. We're dead. Uh, Write that down. It's going to happen. So, yeah, but so I will say. We're coming you. We're coming That's after right. you. All so right. Yeah, we'll flip the, flip the roles. But I have this. to interject here. Your podcast really is incredible. All of you listening, you have to go check out their podcast. It's called The Undone Redone Podcast. And life is messy. Bring your boots, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. So. Yeah. Yeah, tell us how. Tell us a little bit about how that came about, and and your other um, things that you offer too. Yeah, well, undone, redone is um, just out of our story. We really weren't looking to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some friends who had a digital media company doing some podcasts, and actually, we were a guest on one of their shows, and they approached us about doing a show. So great, grateful. It's really been um, mm-hmm. a great um, way to just get this grace message to a broader audience. Uh, but it's called Undone Redone, and that's also our broader ministry. I mentioned the recovery at Route 1520. We also do things for men, things for women, and things for marriage and family. And our real heartbeat for men and women is to help them find their true heart, mm-hmm. um, to to come into this, this grace awakening. Um, Melody, we kind of referred to it, but she just um, released a new course uh, for women who've experienced betrayal called Life Beyond Betrayal mm-hmm. at lifebeyondbetrayal.com. So any women who have been through uh, that trauma and is look, looking for specific ways, uh, kind of having their hand held to walk through that, Melody did a great job with 30 days of audio, mm-hmm. uh, a few videos on the front end um, to, um, to help them walk through mm-hmm. that. Wait, wait, wait. But not yeah. just audio. We have to tell them, right. Trey, we have to tell them about this course because uh, it's not just audio. It's downloadables, printables, journaling right. prompts. It's, um, it's uh, devotions. Yeah. It's, it's, it's listening amazing. to your voice each day. <laughs> it's, it's 
it's knowing, you know, I think when we're in a broken place, we feel alone. And yes. like you described, this whirlwind um, that I've learned from women who've reached out to me who've been betrayed, it's like your whole, it's like like a snow globe. You mm-hmm. just shake it up and everything's falling and you just don't even know where up is. And sure. yet you still have to keep functioning. And so just can you take a little side note and talk to them about what how the course is set up and why it's set up that way and what they can expect from it? Yeah. Because I think they need it. Yeah. And when I said it was awesome, it's, it's not that what I did was awesome. Is that what Trey has been able to to do with what I had, like took it to a completely different, um, place altogether. It's like a membership site kind of. Yeah, it is. It it actually is a membership site. And, um, I wrote the material about a year ago and literally just thought, okay, here's this, you know, I'm just going to write the best that I know, having walked through it and having walked women through it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to write, 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 write. And I wrote, um, I actually wrote 90 days. Um, so we'll eventually probably be adding on to that, but 30 day course. And then, you know, Trey came up with a great idea to, okay, well, let's, now that you've got a transcript, why don't we go in, you know, because we do podcasts, why don't you go in and make that an audio? And that way every day you can coach her, you know, you have a topic for each day. Mm-hmm. And I really try to build everything around that topic. So say like, if, you know, one topic is around shame, everything that we do that day, you know, the, the audio is about shame, um, the video, um, the music, you have the music, music, the homework, the mm-hmm. devotion that, w- that I wrote, um, the thought for the day, um, the, you know, we even did a video with um, Goodwill Hunting where um, uh, Robin Williams is talking about Damon about, you know, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And so just really like everything that she needs, kind of like a meal for the day. And this is everything that she needs. And then tomorrow it will be another topic, you know, really just to help hold her hand through that and to keep, you know, as the snow, you know, that was a beautiful visual of the snow globe, everything's around. And so my goal is the the snow is going to continue to fall, but my goal is to hold her hand and to walk her through this. And then also there is a community available for her to get to connect with other women in a private secret Facebook group um, that, that are also walking through this and just to really encourage and love her through mm-hmm. this and remind her just to trust the process and it's one day at a time. So it's, it's, it's really, I love that it's one day at a time because it yeah. could be overwhelmed, you know, the us overachiever yes. perfectionist types, mm-hmm. we could want to just zoom through it all. We got to get recovered yes. quick. One go. Time. You know? yep, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Time to process and, yeah. and that type of thing. Well, I will be linking to that life beyond betrayal. I've already emailed a couple people who, that, some of the latest since finding your course and since it released, you know, I get emails each week and I'm very eager to share your resource because it's so needed. So needed. Yes. Well, thank you for that. Um, okay. So what's the next one, Trey? Yeah. Well, we have an Embark intensive. It's a four day intensive for men who are struggling. And that is, a, it's a Christ centered intensive held just outside of Birmingham at beautiful Purcell farms. It's like this 3,500 acre, just amazing place. But, um, all the things we talk about and teach in our recovery communities, we, we bring to these four days. Um, it's, we like to think a very good balance between the clinical and the, the spiritual and the therapist. We have three uh, certified sex addiction therapists. We limit this experience to 16 participants to keep it small and intimate. And even in that 
group of 16, they're even in smaller groups Mm -hmm. to really flesh out some of the trauma, to get in touch with some of the root issues that's driving Mm. uh, their, their outward behavior. But so if somebody's looking, maybe um, guys who uh, are people who find themselves on the Ashley Madison list, you know, this would be a mm-hmm. great time, you know, just to begin to lay a foundation for for recovery, uh, gain perspective and then put a plan in place, you know, moving forward. So that's Embark. Our next one is November 12th through the 15th. So we do. Okay. It's coming up pretty quick, but um, we do have some openings available for that. How frequently do you do them? We try to do, uh, this will be our fourth, um, we, we're trying to do four a year um, mm, that's great. right now. So just um, with our, our, we'd love to eventually do more than that. We want to add mm-hmm. a women's intensive, we want to have a couple's intensive. Mm-hmm. It's just, we want to certainly grow to that. But right now, um, I think doing, trying to do more than four may, um, yeah. may dilute some of the other things yeah. uh, that we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, but, well, and there's something so um, powerful about face-to-face connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, guys grow in relationship when you're doing uh, mutual activities together. And, and that seems to uh, seems to be an effective way. I mean, any intensive, really, I'm just a big fan of because, mm-hmm. you know, you go to counseling, the 50 minute mark, the buzzer rings and they're like, OK, see you next week. You're like, well, wait, I was just getting to that. <laughs> That's right. you know? That's right. <laughs> and it's just it seems so drawn out. Yes. And sometimes we need more. And it's just I, I love that you're offering that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if anybody's interested, um, you can go to route1520.com forward slash embark. And there's a, a place there you can get information. Um, if you're a ministry leader and you've got some people that you'd like, or even a counselor, therapist, um, that are, we have a lot of therapists who've gotten to know what we're doing more around the Southeast and, okay. and just need a, maybe a referral source. Mm-hmm. Um, would, if any questions, we'd be glad to answer questions about it as well. Yeah. But um, and then the other thing is just working with churches and starting these Christ-centered recovery communities. Mm-hmm. You know, if a, if a ministry leader is listening and wants to to start, really all they need is a willingness to start a group. We can give them the template. We can give them the training, the facilitator training, help them in some cases if they need even help identifying facilitators in their area. Um, but it's a you know, we've been doing this for six years. And so finally, we feel like we've got something that's scalable mm-hmm. and we can take to other markets. So. We've got a new group in South Carolina recently in Greenville. We were there at Mitchell Road Prez and some other places that are beginning to take interest. So really excited about that. Yeah. And just getting getting men and women into healthy, life-changing community is what we're about. Mm-hmm. And you do a lot of speaking, too, right? We do. You're we willing do. to travel. Willing Absolutely. to travel. Yeah, we're kind of limited. That's part of why with Melody's course, you know, we really long-term want to put more energy yeah. and stuff into our resources um, and, and these groups, but we do, uh, love going and sharing our story. Um, you know, but usually we do, we share our story around training of a group as well, because right. we want to make sure one, that there's a safe place for people to plug into once we blow up the joint with our right. story. Right, And it brings you know? up a lot of things that people That's need right. a place to unpack it. Yeah, yeah. So if we just come in tell our story and then run home, we maybe in some cases do more harm than good. Yeah, good point. But so, so if we come in, we'd like to w- maybe work with the church beforehand. And th- so that holistic, comprehensive, we can train, get some groups started. Then we come in, mm-hmm. and that's a great way. Make a plan. We, we love telling our story and giving other people a chance to go second. Yeah. Because we've we've led with the vulnerability and given them a chance to raise their hand and say, hey, we need that too. Me too. So, um, but yeah, we don't, we'd love to speak um, if somebody's interested in, in that we can, we can certainly. And then are you still doing coaching? 
Mm-hmm. We are. We're doing some coaching as well. A lot of that. Explain the difference between coaching and, and counseling. Yeah, counseling. Yes. Uh, we're not therapists as far as the clinical training um, you know, to have that training to go into, you know, personality disorders and a lot of the, the human behavior type stuff. So the way I like to to distinguish the difference, a counselor really helps therapeutically and clinically get into and connect the dots to some of these deeper uh, places and have the training to walk with with us through those those places and to a place of healing. With coaching, we we see ourselves as more okay. Once it really works hand in hand with counseling. Okay, you've been doing that work that fifty minute mark. You know the bell rings. A coach now can help on a practical level. How do we now flesh this out? You know, on a day to day basis. Moving what forward, is it, yeah. yeah. What does it look like now to apply those things that we're learning in therapy? Those deep aha moments, the dots that we've connected. But now, how does that? flesh out um, in my daily daily life? How does it flesh out in my relationships, maybe with my husband, my family, you know, whatever? We, we like to come alongside and just offer that practical component. You know, from a, from a recovery standpoint, mm-hmm. a practical coaching through helping a re- put a pl- recovery plan in place. And then, you know, a coach just really doesn't do the work for you, but they keep you accountable as you, as you mm-hmm. do the work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I am going to link to all of that. It'll be in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear the stories of how this meets people right where they are and encourages them. I'm sure you get a lot of feedback, and it's just so much grace that God allows us to offer our brokenness, and He just does something beautiful through it. Yeah, and and unfortunately, we spend so much energy covering up. So if anybody's out there Mm -hmm. and you're just tired, you feel like that beach ball, you're still doing a fairly good job of keeping underwater, but you are so worn out Mm -hmm. and you feel like you can't be yourself, I just encourage you just to trust the Father with your story. Whatever secrets you're terrified about coming out, He wants to set you free and not have to spend so much energy managing a reputation. I hope that they nothing reach out to us. I know Jackie is a safe place as well. Yeah. Uh, just to go to somebody that you can share and share what's really going on. Yeah, and to not be afraid of professional help too. Because, That's right. You know, when when everything first broke for you guys, it was uh, in a place where there was a third party present. You mm-hmm. know, to mitigate what was inevitably going to be, you know, the situation you know, exploding, you know, when, when these things come out and we're really, we finally dare to be honest, we have to not be unrealistic. We have to know that it's going to create a lot of pain. Um, and we need to be wise and safe. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for letting us share with your audience. uh, Jackie, Um, it's been a pure gift to have you here to tell your story. And we look forward to Yes. Having you on our show as yes. well. Oh, I'm delighted you asked. Flipping I can't the wait. Tables. Yeah. <laughs> we'll flip awesome. the tables. We'll have to link to that too. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have an amazing day. I'm so thankful that our paths crossed. Sincerely. Me too. Okay. Me too. It's refreshing. It is. It is. It's like kindred brokenness and God's yes. redemption. It's so, so life giving. So, All right. Well, you have a beautiful day. All right. You Thank too. You. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 Well, that concludes my conversation with Trey and Melody Lovern, and I can't be more thankful that they came and shared their messy, undone, redone story. And I love how the title of their ministry has been named after what really they've walked through. And it's just a beautiful example of how God takes whatever we mess up and he turns it into good 
in his time uh, as we surrender our hearts to him and we look to him because that's the key. We have to surrender. God isn't going to force us into anything, but he is there and waiting and ready to uh, pull us out of our mud whenever it is that we turn to him. And so my prayer today would be that you would find hope in Trey and Melody's story and that you would not feel alone. I've had the privilege of talking to some of you this last few weeks uh, via email, some of you by phone, and I'm just so thankful when you reach out and encourage me, not only to encourage me, but for me to hear part of your story too, because you are the reason I serve here at this podcast. And so um, it's just such a delight to have it be an ongoing conversation. I would love nothing more than for you to subscribe to this podcast. Go to iTunes, wherever you are on your computer or your iPhone or whatever app you use and subscribe to this podcast. That helps uh, other people see our show because iTunes sees, oh, there's new subscribers and it exposes this show to more people. And so I'd love it if you'd subscribe and then you wouldn't miss an episode. And um, it's just such a privilege to journey with you in this way. If you want to find all the links that were mentioned in this episode, including all the resources that Trey and Melody have available, you can always find that at the show notes page at JackieWatkins.com forward slash episode 64. It's all there, including Trey's Intensive for Men, Melody's amazing course for women. It's called Life Beyond Betrayal. You can find it at LifeBeyondBetrayal.com and sign up and she sends you an email each day for 30 days. There's a secret Facebook page group that you can connect with other women who've been betrayed. And, you know, if you are someone who has been impacted by an affair because you were betrayed, I cannot more highly recommend Melody's course to you. It's not free, but I think it's a reasonable price. I can't tell you how important it is for you to have people around you to walk you through that experience and that pain. And my hope is that you would find in Melody a sweet friend that would be able to hold your hand and walk you through whatever it is that you're facing. I will continue to write every day for the rest of the month on the blog. And so if you want to receive that directly in your email inbox, we are talking about what I learned and what you should know before an affair. And you can subscribe by going to JackieWatkins.com forward slash subscribe. And I have a free gift for you if you want that. It's a PDF of my favorite resources of finding freedom from failure. Some talks that I heard, some songs that I love, some um, other just encouraging links for you. And so if you like to receive that, you can go to that link or you can get out your phone and text the words subscribe mud stories with no spaces to the number 33444. And I'd be more than happy to send that to you for free as my gift to you. Also, if you know anyone in your personal life who could benefit from hearing these mud stories, who maybe is going through something hard and needs some encouragement to know that they're not alone, I would love it if you would send them an email, send them a text, forward a post, um, you know, give them a link to the podcast, help spread the word so that we can be a community and a people who band together and um, cling to the hope that is ours through Christ and what God does for us, how he meets us in every single mess and redeems it in his time. 
Next week, I hope you'll come back and join us. I am bringing back Shannon Etheridge, who is an amazing resource regarding these sorts of topics. She is the author of the best-selling book, Every Woman's Battle, over a million and a half copies sold. And she has incredible insight into these topics of, of sexuality and relationships. And I was able to pick her brain and bring you a lot of information. And so I hope that you'll join me. Again, I'm so thankful that you have have joined with me in this community that we're building of wrestling through messy, muddy places. And if you can think of any way that I could further serve you or resource you might need or something that I could write about or talk about on the podcast, or maybe there's a question you have, you can always email me at Jackie at JackieWatkins.com. You can go to my website and push on leave a voicemail and you can leave me a voicemail message or you can reach out to me on Twitter or Facebook or any of the social media sites. I'm on Instagram too. And I would love nothing more than to connect with you. I want you to know today, I am praying for you. I am with you. You're not alone. God is with you. God loves you. He sees you. And no matter what you're facing today, no matter where you've been or what lies ahead, may you find a grateful song to sing. Have a beautiful day. Never in you ever feels a press upon my mind I pull the shame that leaves me a little bit blind I cannot see beyond the blame And I never will find a way out And then I feel you next to me You lift my head to see Your strong arm reaches to me Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place again. I never in you mother feels a press upon my that leaves me a little bit blind I cannot see beyond the blame And I never will find a way out And then I feel you next to me You lift my head to see Your strong arm reaches to me Your mercy floods my tired soul song